Bada bing, bada bam. Welcome to this week's Bacon a Mystery, Bacon a Murder episode. Okay, I I just have to say this is a movie that I was unexpectedly enjoying to a degree. It's kind of a weird concept. And like before we get started, I just want to say you're going to think that you know the ending of this. You're going to think that you know every step of the way through. Oh, she's this. Oh, he's that. Trust me, this movie is weird. It was like a little trip that I took. It was the strangest thing. So have you guys ever heard of the movie Pet? Pet, like the the children's movie? No, not the secret life of pets, you weirdo. (laughs) Okay, also while we're talking about this movie, I'm actually going to be making circus animal fudge cookies. I'm really excited about it. They're shaped like circus animals and I personally, I think they taste just like them. You're such an elegant cooker. And now in this big glass bowl, I'm gonna be putting in four ounces of your cream cheese, like your Philadelphia cream cheese. Throw that baby in there, beat it until it's nice and smooth, and then we're gonna add powdered sugar in like four different sections. I'm actually gonna do this without including it because can you, do you wanna listen to this? It's ridiculous. Stephanie went to poop. Now it's just me. This is white chocolate. I'm gonna go microwave it and let's see if she's still pooping when I'm back. Chocolate's done and uh, she's back from taking it. You've told them I was taking it. I was gonna say after some mixing of the bowl, not mixing um, of my bowels. So we're gonna add in all of the melted chocolate, mix it until it's fluffy. I don't know if you guys can hear the screaming baby upstairs. I don't even have a baby. Is that the start of a horror movie? That kind of (laughs) is. I'm kidding, it's my niece. My niece is here. She's always here. She needs to start paying rent. Okay, now I just mix this. Yeah. Oh. How's it looking? It's just so dense and creamy. So let's just get into what's going on with this movie. The main character, his name is Seth, and Seth has a pretty mundane job. There's nothing very glamorous about his job. There's nothing really exciting about his job. It's one of those jobs where every single day he does the same stuff over and over again. Seth rolls out of bed, puts on his plane uniform, gets on the bus, walks to work. He gets his badge from the lockers. He needs that badge to open the cages and he starts prepping the food. He's got a lot of mouths to feed, a lot of hungry, caged mouths. Good morning, guys. How's it going, caged mouths? He walks past cage by cage by cage, and he's rolling like a cart of bowls. You want some food? And he starts slipping the bowls through the steel cage doors, okay? And he's telling them, that's it. That's all you get for the day. Come on now. Wolf it down. You want some water? Who needs water? Even with so many cages, Seth still has his favorite girl, his favorite cage to visit. Her name was Lexi. And Lexi is just a little bit different from the other ones, from the other girls. Seth loves to sneak into her cage when no one is looking so he can play with her. I don't know. Maybe he just has a thing for German shepherds. I know. Okay, you were like, psychological thriller, there's girls in the cages. <laughs> That's what I thought too. <laughs> Maybe we could all use some therapy, but no. Seth works at an animal shelter and he's feeding all these dogs. So Seth is on his way home back from, you know, all of that work and he's sitting on the bus, headphones in, minding his own damn business when he spots a young blonde woman on the bus. And of course, she's main character vibes. She's not listening to music. She's not looking out the window. No. She's journaling intensely. I mean, can you get more vibey than that? 
Seth is staring at her, and I guess something in his head just clicks, and he's like, wait a minute, are you kidding me? So he slips off his headphones, makes his way to where she is, sits down, and says, Holly, right? Oh, uh, sorry, do I know you? Seth, I'm Seth from Westbrook High School. What? Oh, sorry, were, were we in the same class? Oh, no, 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 I was the year above you. We didn't, like, hang out or anything, but I knew who you were. You did? Sure, everybody knew who you were. And Seth glances at her hand, and she's now closed that journal, so he can't even see what she's writing, because, excuse you, sir, like, anytime someone comes over and I have my planner open, I just automatically close it. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not like I have any private information on there. I'm just like, what is going on? I mean, so. people would be, like, freaking out. <laughs> psychological trauma yes. in your journal. So Seth is like, oh, so you're a writer now. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This waitressing uniform is just a disguise. It's, I'm a writer. Uh, it's super convincing, Holly. I was gonna order an ice cream sundae, extra sprinkles. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be the first. Well, this is my stop. So Holly starts to get up and Seth is asking her, oh, is this your stop? I, it was nice to see, I, I just wanted to see if you wanted to grab some. And she walks off the bus. Okay, Seth sat there a bit rejected, but it's no big deal, like it's nothing serious. And you know what, I don't even blame Seth for this next part, because if you ever run into someone, have, has this ever happened to you? You run into someone from high school, maybe middle school, don't you just want to look them up online after? Like, you don't even care, you don't want to stalk, it's just seeing them reminded you of them, and you're like, I wonder what they're up to now. So that's what he does with Holly. So he does a quick little Instagram search. I mean, it seems normal, no? And you see him happy that her Facebook status shows that she was single, and it gives him an idea. The next day at work, Seth really wants to talk to someone about Holly. Anyone, really. I mean, you could say that he's got a bit of a crush. So he sees his coworker, the security guy at the animal shelter, Nate, and he's just down in a sandwich at the front desk, just sandwiching it up. Hey, Nate, how are you? And Seth is walking by, but he decides, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. So he backtracks, literally walks backwards. Nate, let me ask you a question. If there was this girl and you wanted her to notice you, what would you do? Are you serious right now? I don't know you. I don't, I don't know what kind of game you got. Shit, why are you asking me? And Seth immediately- Why is Nate so rude? Yeah, Seth is like, okay, sorry. I, I just thought that maybe you would, I, sorry, I don't know why I asked you. And you know what? Nate did have an exaggerated response. So now Nate feels bad and he's like, okay, what the heck? I didn't have to be so mean. So he tries to soften up his message. Look, Seth, don't walk away. Girls like guys that are confident, that know how to make them laugh, you know? Ask them about their day. Act like you give a shit. I mean, it's not a mystery. Confident, funny, make him laugh. Got it. Thanks, Nate. Hey, and no more bring this shit to me, all right? You and me, we're not like that. Yeah. Like what? Okay, cool. Like friends. I think this part is really telling. Like if you have work friends, I totally get having conversations like this. But it's clear that Seth and Nate are not work friends. So for Seth to ask Nate, I mean, it just really shows the man doesn't have anyone in his life to talk to. It doesn't mm. seem like he has a friend. It doesn't even seem like he has a family member he can talk to. But that's not even all the bad news of the day. The shelter, the boss comes up and says, hey, the vet wants to see you and you need to bring Lexi. She hasn't been adopted. Her days are out. You need to bring her, we need to euthanize her, Oof. and we're gonna clean out her cage for a new shelter dog to be put up for adoption. So the vet wants Seth to help carry Lexi to the room to be euthanized. 
So now I gotta put in the pink, the pink food coloring, right? And we're just gonna make this part pink. So Seth is clearly having an emotional reaction to this news. He's putting his face up to Lexi, who's whimpering on the cold steel table of the vet's office, and he's whispering, it's okay, Lexi, it's okay. Now, the vet, who I would like to now call Mr. Douchebag, or I guess Dr. Douchebag, he notices this and he says, if you like her so much, why don't you just adopt her? Well, my building doesn't allow pets. It's really strict. So can find a new place to live. With $9 an hour, I'm lucky I even have running water. And as the vet is getting ready for the shot, he's saying, see, that's the problem. You have no initiative. You have no dreams. It's the reason that you're even still working here at this age, at a shithole like this. You want something in life? You gotta go out there and just fucking take it. So what's it gonna be? You wanna adopt her or should I do it? The choice is yours. And he's holding up the needle. And it's very scary. Lexi is whimpering. And you're thinking, okay, Seth, it's all about that character development. Come on, adopt the dog. This is, but then actually don't adopt the dog because every time somebody adopts a dog, they end up dying. They end up getting killed in a psychological horror. So it's a little bit of conflicting emotions. And Seth is holding Lexi and he says, just do it, just do it. And he holds her while she gets euthanized while she gets put down. So I think that this just kind of goes to show what kind of mentality Seth is in. He really is a bit insecure. He's a bit of a loner. It seems like he has, he's not evil per se. It doesn't seem like he's this creepy dude. Like I know where you know this story is going. And even when he was stalking Lexi on, or when he was stalking Holly online, it wasn't like that creepy in his mom's basement off to photos of her. It was just a genuine stalking that maybe you and I would do. Just browse Instagram, browse her profile, browse her pictures, you know, maybe go on a couple of tagged photos. Oh, who's this person that she's hanging out with? <laughs> Why wasn't I invited? Those kind of moments. That's it. So not only does Seth have to hold on to Lexi while she's being euthanized, but he has to bring her body in a trash bag and throw her into the incinerator that's in the basement. He has to cremate her. It's just a really depressing moment in the story and maybe it inspires Seth and it makes him want something. It makes him come to this conclusion that, you know what, if I do want something in life, I just have to take it. You see where this is gonna be a problem? Take Holly, perhaps, is that what he's hinting at? Maybe, maybe not. Seth goes home that night and he starts stalking Holly on Instagram again. Well, okay, again, I don't know if he's stalking or just browsing her Instagram. Again, he's not doing it super creepy. He's not jerking off to it. He's just kind of going through her pictures. So let's say you really like someone. Would you think that this is weird? Not just the browsing of the Instagram, but this is what Seth does. He creates a list on his notebook. He puts a big horizontal line, or big vertical line down the center. Pros and cons? No. Oh. Likes and dislikes. So he goes through her like pictures what? and goes through her captions and sees that she loves the beach. She loves concerts and music. She loves eating seafood. And then mm. maybe she has some captions where she says, oh, this hot weather is horrendous, or this rainy weather sucks. And he starts writing down her dislikes. This is good. Again, I feel like this is kind of normal, like to go through someone's social media and find out if they're travelers or if they're vegan. Maybe, you know, where you would like to hang out. Maybe you're planning your first date. You do a little bit of stalking. I mean, yeah. I saw the TikTok that was like when he invites you over to his house for the first time and you have to act like you didn't look it up on Zillow and know exactly when he bought it and how much he even pays in property taxes. And as if you didn't see every picture of that three bedroom house online. <laughs> wow, this is nice. <laughs> I bet taxes are like wild over here. How much? Ah, 
15,375? <laughs> <laughs> just a guess, just based off the property value. So, you know, it's kind of one of those moments. So what? that's what Seth is doing. He's making a little chart. You know, she likes clubbing, she likes music, she likes seafood, and he starts practicing how to talk to her. And he says, Hey, Holly, <laughs> remember me? Yeah, 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 that's right, Seth. Um, what time's your lunch break? I guess I wanted to see if you wanted to get dinner tonight. Um, I don't know about you, but I, uh, I, I love seafood. Oh, you like it too? Yeah, it's, it's like all I eat. Seafood, seafood, seafood. <laughs> and he starts looking down at his notes, and this is the part that gets a little creepy, okay? He's referencing his notes, and he goes, you know, there's a place on um, Wilshire that has really good crabs. The crab joint. Oh, you know it. Do you want to go tonight? Listen, it's creepy because it's in a movie and it's a psychological horror, but I can't say that I've never seen someone do this before. Almost every single girl that I know is practically an FBI agent online. So this does happen. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and put Seth at the stake and burn him like a witch yet, okay? I don't know if this is considered stalking or not. That's actually an amazing question. Can we please answer that in the comments? Do you consider this dating? Do you consider it smart, smart modern dating? Or do you consider it stalking? By checking out their profile and writing down what they like? Yeah, so if it's a guy that I don't like, it's stalking. I'm just kidding. But if it's a guy that I like, it's like, wow, this man is like an entrepreneur. He like does his research. He like is so put together. Like, ladies, if he wanted to, he would. But then um, if he's like a creepy mouth breather, then I don't know. <laughs> so at this point, for some very odd reason, I'm defending Seth and this is not a hole that I want to go down to. I don't know what's going on. But then he loses me completely because Seth decides to show up exactly where Holly works. If that's not the creepiest thing ever, I don't know what is. I don't know. I couldn't see the first day that he met her that she had any identifying pictures of her uniform where it said, you know, in and out or something like that. It didn't say anything. So it must mean that he got it from social media, which is that's the terrifying part. Stalking. I thought he was gonna casually just meet her on the bus again. No, and I think even Holly thinks that too. First of all, it's a random diner that he shows up to and the guy comes in like full on suit vibes. It's a bit much. I mean, he looks a little bit misplaced and it's kind of creepy, okay? He orders a water to start and he has to remind her, oh, you look like a writer. And she's like, what? From the bus, the disguise on the bus? And he's trying to make it all cute. The, the joke that I said on the bus? We met on the bus a few days ago. I'm Seth. Oh, sorry. My memory just totally sucks. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I'll look over the menu and um, I'll just take a water for now. Also, I like your hair. You shouldn't feel insecure about it or anything. It, it's a good haircut. Oof. Did she mention that she doesn't like her hair? No. I'm assuming that she posted about it on social media, but she never said it to him in any of their interactions. So maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's incredibly creepy. I don't know. And he's just referencing it. The guy is, the guy is weird. He gets his food and as he's eating, Holly checks up on him and she's trying to be a good waitress. She's trying to get her tips. This is beautiful, by the way. So now I've just put in the animal crackers into this, um, this all white one and we're going to start doing it before it gets hard again. So I'm gonna put in half of this mixture. It's such a pretty pink color. I know you think it's gross. That looks delicious to you? He thinks anything with food coloring is gross, which, you know what, I can't even argue it, but... 
Oh, I kind of have a thin layer. Ooh. And then we're going to add dollops of this before it gets hard. Just pour the whole thing in, whatever. Yeah. So basically, this whole thing is made out of sugar, cream cheese, <laughs> and chocolate. Chocolate. And cookies. Now we're just going to cover up this layer completely and using a chopstick. We're gonna kind of do these figure eights. It's oh, kind of pretty, no? Yeah. Oh, the figure eights aren't figure eighting, but it's fine. Is it cute? Ah, oh, that looks like the pictures. <laughs> And then See, that's the thing. Like with your baking, it yeah. always seems like on the edge of failing, <laughs> but at the end, somehow it always works. And that is actually true talent. Okay, it's beautiful. Wow. Now into the fridge for like an hour. Okay, <laughs> great. So as he's eating, Holly is checking up on the guy, asking him, well, how's everything going over here? And Seth says, Seth. My name is Seth, and it's just, he's not a good flirter. It's actually incredibly uncomfortable and creepy. Holly says, okay, how's it going, Seth? <laughs> good, good, good. Let me ask you a question, Holly. I have a few concert tickets to Ben Folds this weekend, and the girl that I was actually going to take, she canceled on me. It wasn't like a date or anything, but she canceled. I was wondering if you wanted to go. Oh, I... I'm sorry, I can't go. It doesn't have to be like a date or anything, Holly. Just, just two friends. <laughs> the thing is, I already have a boyfriend. No, you don't. And it clicks for the two of them what is going on. Seth blew his cover completely. Like, Holly knows that he has been stalking her. He's been creepy. And she slams his receipt onto the table and walks off. I mean, what a freaking creep. She's probably telling her coworkers about him in the back right now as we speak. Which, can you blame her? I mean, that night, Holly is walking back home after her shift. And she can't help but feel like somebody is following her. Somebody is watching her. And she's not wrong. Seth was there, figuring out where she lives. She rushes in and she asks her roommate, Claire, if she's seen a guy outside. And Claire's like, what? No, don't be so paranoid. And the phone rings and Claire gasps. Oh my god, what if it's the man outside? And she rolls her eyes. She's obviously trying to mess with Holly. And it wasn't Seth, it was Eric. So Eric is actually Holly's on and off boyfriend. Not really. I mean, they were engaged at one point, but they broke it off. The thing with Eric is that they just have a messy history. Even Claire knows that there's no way that Holly can ever go back to Eric. No matter how many times he calls when he's drunk, no matter how many times he begs her to come back to him, it doesn't matter. He cheated on her. There's just no way that they can get back together. But the next day, maybe she has a change of mind because Holly gets to work and everyone's teasing her. Oh, in comes Miss Popular. Look at her go. What? What are you saying? What are you guys talking about? There's a surprise for you in the break room. She walks over, opens the door, and there's this huge bouquet of roses. I mean, it's as big as the break room. It's not a cheap bouquet. Very fancy, long stem roses, maybe even three dozen of them. Jeez. Whoa. So the note says, be mine. And that's it. A Jelly Belly co-worker asks her, well, Spill, who's the guy? You lucky bitch. So after work, Holly rushes to the man in question to thank him, of course, for the flowers. Eric, the bartender. She shows up, the, uh, she shows up at the bar and he's so happy to see her. He's, he's honestly surprised to see her. She says, listen, I'm going to cut to the chase. You have to stop with all of this. Everything you're doing. What? The flowers, Eric. The 
You know roses are my favorite. And Eric looks uncomfortable. What would you do in this situation? Do you take credit for the flowers or not? Because Eric I... did not give her the flowers. Oh. Yeah, I'll take credit. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric decides to go the honest route, but also the dumb route. Instead of just saying, oh, no, I didn't get you the flowers, he says, I didn't know roses were your favorite. Good one, Eric. Fucking good one, bro. I mean, the whole moment is just ruined. Holly is freaking embarrassed. She's trying to play it off. And what do you know? In walks in Seth, unbeknownst to Holly. He's not dressed like his usual self. He's wearing a beanie that's pulled over his forehead. The guy looks like he's been through some shit. Holly does not notice him. I mean, she's too busy arguing with Eric. He wants her back, but he cheated. What is she supposed to say? You know, and he's like, listen, I'm going to change and I'm a new man. And she's like, no, I can't get back together with you. I mean, do you really want me to say her name again? I need to get some air. And she runs out to the back of the bar, takes out a cigarette and starts smoking and journaling, which like, again, so artsy, like such an L.A. thing to do. And you just know that she's writing nothing of importance in that journal, because like, how can you even focus on journaling right now? Your ex-boyfriend wants you back. Well, I guess it's a good time to journal, but yeah. like, who just casually journals in a situation like that? It's weird. I mean, imagine you're on a dinner date with someone and they're like, let me just go journal real quick and smoke a cigarette. I'd be like, you were in your own movie. Can you pick up the tab on your way out? <laughs> Kidding. So Seth rushes out and sits near Holly and she can't really see his face at this point. Like his back is turned towards her. So it just seems like another random bar goer that's getting some fresh air. Hey, uh, do you want a cigarette? Oh, no, sorry, I'm not a smoker. Good, <laughs> don't ever start. And as Holly puts out her cigarette and is trying to get back inside, Seth jumps up and gets into her face and says, Did you like the flowers? You seem like a red roses kind of girl. Oh my god, you're the guy from the restaurant. What are you, like, following me or something? What? No, and we know each other. It's not like we don't know each other. I'm not a stranger or anything from the restaurant. Remember, I know you from high school. What the hell do you want? I don't want anything. I just want to talk to you. When I saw you on the bus the other day after all these years, I just felt something. And you know, I can't walk away from that. And Holly's so confused and creeped out. Sorry, but I, I don't even know you. And she tries to head back inside, but he blocks her. Which like, yikes. Rule number one in trying to date someone, don't ever block them when they're trying to get away from you. When they're trying to run away from you. I don't know. Maybe that's rule number one just in general, in life. Yeah. And Seth is like, listen, you can get to know me. Can we just talk, please? Just meet me for dinner. And uh, Seth tries to grab Holly's <laughs> arms as if he's trying to shake her or something. And she slams her purse against him, pushes him to the side, opens the back door, runs back into the bar. And he's screaming after her, Holly, please, wait, just let's just talk for a second, please. And Eric looks up from the bar. Holly looks at Eric, looks at Seth, and she doesn't know what to say, so she just says, he just tried to grab me. And Eric jumps over the bar and decks Seth in the face. I'm talking full <laughs> force frontal punch. I'm talking, I'm surprised he didn't lose his two front teeth. Yeah. Huh. Seth is bleeding from his mouth, his nose. Blood is straight up pooling in his mouth and he's on the floor. Now, I don't know what's going on in this guy's head, but the guy starts straight up laughing. Seth starts laughing. Maybe it's one of those, this is so ridiculous, I can only laugh moment. 
which is just so strange. But it just adds to the creepiness that is Seth. I mean, you think that this is fucking funny? That's what Eric is asking him. And Eric is like big mad. He's given Chad vibes. Eric is a Chad, I'm gonna be honest with you. And he kicks Seth in the stomach, grabs him by his shirt, throws him out the bar, and kicks him one last time for good measure. And Seth is still laughing as he's coughing up blood, laying on the cold pavement of the back of the bar, and he turns to his side, and he sees Holly's journal. Remember, she decked him with her purse, and had flew out of her purse. Oh, shoot. So of course, Seth the stalker, you think he's just gonna go home and act like he didn't see the journal? No, he's gonna take that journal with him. found the gold mine. The gold mine. Okay, if you found my journal, would you read it? Yeah. Yeah, I would read your journal too. <laughs> like, I wanna be like, Wait, no. but journal isn't, I mean, is journal personal? It's personal, It's right? so personal. How, I mean, diary is more I think definitely it's the same personal. Thing. It's the same thing? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess it depends, right? If you tell me, hey, this is my journal, don't ever read it. I guess I'll read it behind your back, you know? Like, <laughs> Same. <laughs> I know, I know. I wish I could be one of those healthy couples that's like, privacy is everything. Like, uh, you need to respect people's boundaries. And like, yeah. But it's like, I also think like, if you're constantly journaling, yes. and you're like, in front of my face, like, hee hee ho ho, hee hee ho ho, like, like smiling. What you write in? <laughs> now, Seth the stalker takes the journal home with him and he reads every last word of that journal as if it's the latest edition of the Fifty Shades of Grey series. He's soaking it in and it's, it's just not what he expected at all. Listen, Holly is dark. Her writing is dark. And I guess maybe she's a thriller writer because Seth is captivated. Seth reads it into the wee hours of the morning and pulls an all-nighter. So of course he's gonna be tired for work the next day, but someone's gotta feed the dogs. And that is when Seth gets a brilliant light bulb moment, a brilliant idea. The shelter that he works for has this unauthorized area that he has the key to because he's technically a maintenance man, but he's not really allowed down there. There's no reason, like if his boss saw him coming out of there, there would be no reason. It'd be like, what are you doing fooling around in your off time? Like, you're supposed to be working. There's no supplies there. There's no cleaning that you need to do there. There's no reason for him to go there. And he's explored it before. What is there? It's like a tunnel. So LA is known for having a lot of tunnels. And this is like an mm. older building in downtown. Huh. So he knows that most buildings in this area that were built around that older time frame, they have underground bunkers. And what do you know? So does the vet's unauthorized area. And he can't help but think, it would be the perfect place to hold someone hostage. What? And just like that, Seth gets to work. He starts building a cage. He starts building a way to get in and out of the bunker, make sure that nobody will find out whoever or whatever he's keeping down there. You see the montage of him building the cages, reading Holly's journal, staring at her pictures online, and he even steals medicine from the vet's like medicine cabinet, injects it into himself that night, mm. and immediately he knocks out. So it's perfect. Is that why you have a cage right next to you? Yes, it's very symbolic today. Now all he has to do is get Holly with it, with the medicine, just stab her and she'll knock out and he can do whatever he wants. So he follows her home from work and he tries to get her in the dark alleyway. But Holly is smarter than that. She hears the light footsteps behind her and she stops walking. In the middle of the alleyway, she's listening. She slowly puts her hand in her purse, pulls out her pepper spray, turns around and sprays it immediately behind her. But it wasn't Seth. It was a man without a home, just minding his own damn business in downtown LA. 
But Seth saw all of this in the cover of darkness. He decides he's got to be a bit smarter now. She's on edge. She's alert. He has to catch her when her guard is down. So he follows her all the way home and tries to enter her apartment building. Now, this is an older building, but they still lock their doors. So that's not going to work. And Seth looks up and he sees a fire escape. That? That's perfect. He grabs onto the bars and he swings his legs up until he gets onto the fire escape. And from there, he opens Holly's window and climbs in. And he waits. He waits for her to fall asleep. And in the cover of the darkness, he jumps on top of her and injects her with the veterinarian drugs. He says, shh, it's okay, Holly. I just injected you with a paralyzing agent. It stings a little, but don't worry. It's safe. I tested it on myself. Now, what would you do with Holly in this moment? I mean, would you A, just let her be and maybe turn yourself into a psych ward? Or B, would you transport her in a giant box back to work so you can lock her in the underground bunker? But the problem is, remember Nate, the security guy from work that gave Seth the dating advice? Well, uh -huh. he's patrolling. He's at the front desk. Or C, none of the above. Like anything but option B. Which one do you do? You're saying he needed to transport her into the bunker, yeah. but there's someone at the front door. Yeah. So, so how do you do it? He puts her in a giant box. Oh, like a FedEx box? Yeah. Oh. It's ridiculous, you know? And yeah, that's exactly what Seth does. He dollies in a giant box with Holly inside, and Nate is on high alert because it's not even Seth's working hours. Hey, what are you, what are you doing here? Oh, boss lady called in the middle of the night to make a delivery. And Seth tries to walk off, but Nate says, Yeah, no, not so fast. Sign in. And while Seth is signing in, Holly makes a thud <clears throat> in the box. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. So Seth is coughing profusely, hoping that Nate won't notice the thud in the box. But he does. What's even in there? Oh, um, I think some sort of delousing powder for the dogs. Anyway, have a good night, Nate. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As Seth is trying to wheel Holly off, she makes a faint little... <gasps> Nate gets up from his chair and says, Stop. Do you hear that? Uh, something wrong? Shh. You hear something? Quiet, man. You heard that or not? The uh sound. And there's silence, waiting in silence. Seth is holding his breath, hoping that Holly does not make another noise. Oh my god. And in that moment... The AC turns on, and Nate says, "Fucking AC, man, that shit's broken again. Oh, really? Yeah, it's always broken. This whole place sucks. And Nate straight up helps Seth lift Holly onto the dolly, and Seth wheels her away to the very back where he passes all the barking dogs. All the barking dogs that will overpower the screams of anyone that's two floors down in an underground bunker. So it's useless once Holly is down there for her to even scream. She will never get anyone's attention. In fact, anytime she makes a noise, 
it's probably unheard to the human ear. The dogs are going to hear it because they have a better sense of hearing and it's going to set off an orchestra of loud barks. So truly, she's wow. stuck for good. Wow. He puts her in the cage and when she wakes up, she tries to free herself. But her nail gets caught in the lock and she's forced to rip off the entire nail <gasps> from her finger. All the while, Seth is peacefully sleeping in his apartment, knowing that he now has his favorite girl in a cage. The next day, he shows up for work and he brings her a waste bin for her to use the restroom in and a bag of food. Now, at this point, Holly does seem quite broken. She's in her underwear. She's scared, terrified in this cage. And he's just saying, hey, remember me? My name is Seth, if you remember. She's like, fuck you. Listen, I'm doing this for your own good. No, fuck you. All right, well, it's your choice. We'll try this again tomorrow. And he takes the food, turns off the lights, and leaves. He can hear her screaming, but with each step that he takes in the maze of the bunker, in the maze of the tunnels, the labyrinth, really, the less he hears her. And the next day, he tries again. He brings her two bottles of water and some food. Now, Holly is no longer in the fighting mood. She's no longer screaming, fuck you, at least not externally. She's probably incredibly dehydrated and exhausted. She can barely drink the water herself. That's how exhausted she is. Seth tells her, take it easy. This is all you're going to have, so, you know, take it easy. And as he's walking off, Holly grabs his pants. Wait, no, please don't leave me. I know this is hard for you, Holly, but it's hard for me too. But it's important to define our relationship. Establish some boundaries. This, you grabbing my pants, this doesn't work. I'll come back tomorrow and we can get started. Holly grabs the food and starts scarfing it down. And Seth, the mother forker, is on top of the moon. He's walking home from work like skippity doo dah, like he's in some sort of romantic comedy with Emma Stone, but that's not really what's happening. And now with some food, Holly starts contemplating her options. Holly sees her roommate outside the cage, telling her her options. Holly, you know he's gonna kill you. I mean, you know that and I know that. Shut up, Claire, you're not helping. And what's worse is, <laughs> He doesn't even need a gun. All he has to do is walk away. So let's just hope that he doesn't get bored of you. But look at you. You're letting him do this to you. That's pathetic. That pathetic little shit. Maybe you do deserve to be in here. And Holly screams, shut up, shut up. And when she turns around, her roommate Claire is no longer there. And she's still alone. And now she needs to pee. So. At this point, it seems like Holly is sleep-deprived, malnourished, and not getting enough water. Like, she is hallucinating at this point, which uh -huh. is going to make it even harder for her to escape. And she needs to pee, which I can't even imagine. It's probably quite a dehumanizing moment to pee in a bowl inside of a cage, which this cage is incredibly small. I mean, she can lay down almost kind of in a, like a fetal position. Imagine a cage for a Great Dane, but maybe a little smaller. She can't stand up. What? Yeah. That's what? She can't stand up. She can sit, you know, crisscross applesauce. She can sit on her knees, but she can't really do anything else. Wow. She can't even really straighten her legs when she's laying down. And she's peeing in this bowl. And as she's peeing, in comes a tiny little ratatouille. Just sniff, <sighs> sniffling on her leg. And she feels its tiny little whiskers on her legs. And she freaks out. And this is the moment where you realize that maybe something's not quite right with Holly. 
because she turns around and she starts stomping on the rat with all the rage on her face that I haven't seen in this entire movie. It's not a scared stomping. It's not like, a, oh my God, this rat, what do I do? It's like a fuck this rat, I'm gonna kill this rat. And she's stomping with her bare foot, killing this rat. The rat is dead. I mean, the guts are all over the place Ew. inside the cage. So it's clear that Holly is going through some sort of character development. Maybe she's always had a dark side to her, or maybe this cage is really bringing out the animalistic side in her. Mm. Because you get it, it's a cage, it's metaphorical, oof. Now, the next day, Seth has come in and he has to grab the rat out in a bag to take it out. And Holly's like, are you gonna bite me? No? Well, are you gonna kill me? I hope not. You hope not? I might not have a choice, Holly. I might not be able to save you. What is this? Some kind of fucking religious thing? Did God tell you to punish all the whores or some shit like that? No, Holly. It's a different kind of saving. And no, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. Because you're special. It's true, before I met you, I was just floating through life. Like, any minute, I could just drift off. No one would even notice. And then you came along. The thing that made it so hard is I thought that you were different. You were smart, funny, and when you talked to me, you really, you saw me. You just wanted me to see the version of Holly that everyone sees, the one that you show the world. But you and I both know that's not the real Holly. Go to hell. So that's the real question then, huh? Which one is the real Holly? The version of you that you want us to see or the other one? Because if there's even a chance that I can save you, I have to take it. So, I mean, it makes it seem like he's implying that he's read the diary and that there's something in Holly that's dark that she's hiding from the world. But it's hard to say which one he likes more, the journal Holly or the real Holly. Like, it's kind of confusing. Hmm. So Holly decides the best option is to wait, and that's what she does. And the next day, Seth comes back with her journal, and he slams it down, and she's pissed because she, had, she lost her journal, and she was freaking out about it, but she had no idea that Seth had taken it. He says, it's a real page turner. You're a hell of a writer, you know that? And you're a thief. I just, Holly, I just, I felt so sorry for you. The part where you talk about love, about how love is just a label and it's for our biological imperatives. I don't know, it just, it felt ignorant to me. Are you really lecturing me on love when you're keeping me in a cage? I mean, I think it's everyone talks about love as if it's some magnificent lightning bolt from the sky, something incredible, and they think that, well, I've never felt that before, so that's what love is. I've never been loved. But love is not a lightning bolt, Holly. Love is real. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. Real love is giving everything you have for someone else, and that's love. Is that what you think, Seth? That's what you think love is? Are you kidding me love is sacrifice do you want to know who thinks that people who hate themselves who are alone depressed just like you holly you think i hate myself i know you do i know you hate yourself so much that you can't even convince yourself that love is something that you deserve you think love is something that you can buy you can't even imagine someone loving you otherwise and that's why you always have to keep giving spare me the fucking pity i'm not the one that's alone here I guess not, Holly. And how's Claire doing these days? What? So it sounds like Seth is implying that he's gonna cage Claire the roommate up or something, right? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? You know, sometimes before I open that door, I can hear you talking in here to Claire. 
The way you do the two voices scared the hell out of me at first. You don't know what you're talking about. I know more than you think. Is she here right now? She's not real, you know that, right, Holly? You think I don't know that? No, I think you do, but I think you're starting to forget. And we get a flashback to all the times that she was with her roommate. And there was no Claire. Huh. Holly was alone. Claire was in her mind. Now, I don't think that this is like the movie Split. I don't think that she has DID, but I do think that she's having hallucinations. Up until this point, I don't see Holly having um, DID, and I'm thankful because low-key nervous because I don't want her to have DID for the sole reason that movies like Split have just done way more harm than good to the DID community. And it just seems like she's hallucinating, right? She has mm -hmm. some trauma. Maybe there's some visual and auditory hallucinations. And Holly says, so you think you have me all figured out, don't you? Yeah, I mean, almost. But there's something that I just can't get my head around. Something I just don't quite get, Holly. The journal. I mean, I get some of it. First, you and Eric got engaged. Blah, blah, blah. Then comes your real best friend, Claire. And it says, Holly can't eat. Holly can't sleep. Holly's too scared to confront them. Then there in the journal, that's where, that's where it starts getting interesting. And we get a flashback to a scene with Holly and Claire in the car. Holly's the one driving. And Claire is a real person. She's telling Holly that she's got 20 messages from the guy named Dwayne, and he's all like, where are you? And why haven't you picked me up? And it's kind of annoying because he's the one that made the plans, so he's supposed to pick me up. No, Holly? Holly's listening, but she's not really into it. She doesn't really care. She's focused on something else. Holly, are you listening? Hello? Claire, when were you gonna tell me? Tell you what? Come on, Claire. I know. I know about you, and I know about Eric. How did you find out? His email. He doesn't know that I have the password. Holly, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I don't even know what to say. We were so drunk, and I didn't mean anything, and you know how sorry I am, right? Like, you know that it... Please, Holly. Wait, Holly, please slow down. I know that you're mad, but please, can we just drive slowly or, or just pull over so we can talk about it? Please, Holly! And you hear all these honking noises and Holly is swerving through the traffic. She's coming into incoming traffic and Claire is trying to calm her down. Holly, you have no idea how shitty I feel about this whole thing. Please, please, Holly, just slow down. And Holly keeps from swerving from lane to lane and she ends up crashing into a car and her car tumbles off a hill. Now the two girls, they wake up covered in blood and there are just shards of glass coming out of both of them. They're both messed up. This is not a normal traffic incident. I mean, they are, it's a lot. And Claire is trying to comfort Holly. She can't move. She keeps saying, Holly, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna get through it together, you and me. We're gonna get through all the other stuff and we're gonna get through this and we're gonna be okay. You're my best friend. Holly looks down and she sees this giant glass shard in her stomach and she starts panicking. She looks over at Claire and she grabs the glass shard and clenches her teeth and pulls it out of herself. And Claire is like, oh my God, it's okay, Holly, don't freak out. You're gonna be okay, okay? Holly looks at Claire and looks at that glass shard in her hand. Oh and Claire gosh. keeps talking to her about how it's going to be okay and it's not going to be okay. And she grabs the glass shard and slams it straight into Claire's eye. <clears throat> and finally, she stops talking. And Seth says, That's what happened, isn't it, Holly? Is that what you think, Seth? You think because I wrote it, it's a confession? It's not. Fiction is kind of what I do. 
Yeah, that's why I didn't go straight to the police, Holly. I had to be sure. I had to follow you around for a few days. There were just so many. It was a risky move even for you. And we see Holly. You know how he was stalking her? Mm-hmm. We see her killing multiple people. What? On the street. A girl that she befriended at the bar. A man that she found at the club. She strangled one in the alleyway, stabbed another, and even lit the man without a home on fire. Remember the one that she pepper sprayed? Well, no. she ended up going back after him on fire. So he's a, she's a serial killer? Yes. What? And Seth says, you know what I think? I think you wanted to get caught. I think you wanted to be saved. And I'm not punishing you. I meant what I said, Holly. I'm gonna make sure that you never hurt someone again, one way or the other. I want to save you. Okay, so now Seth is Mr. Serial Killer Saver, and right as Seth leaves, Claire is right back in that cage with Holly, and she's clapping. Wow, Holly, what a performance. He wants to save me. I have to let him think that there's a chance. So it's all an act, right? You're just humoring him, right? Playing along? I just wanna make sure that your head is still in the game. I don't think that I need another useless pep talk, Claire. And just like that, Claire is gone. And Seth comes back with a bucket so Holly can wash herself. Holly, I just want to know why you did it. I mean, I just saw those messages from Claire and Eric and I just... No, no, no. Not Claire. I assumed that was a crime of passion. I want to know why you didn't stop there. Why did you kill others? Did you kill them because you felt guilty for getting away with killing Claire? So this was your way of trying to get caught? Holly's staring at him, and she's kind of staring at him in disbelief. <laughs> and she says, no, I did it because I could. Yeah, well, I don't believe that. Okay, well, I don't care what you believe. Because, you see, when someone dies in front of you the way that Claire died, it's like your whole world snaps into focus. It was a way to pass the time. Don't pretend to know what I am. Seth says, but, but I read your journal, Holly. This journal is the real you. You're scared to be alone and you want to be saved. Ah, Seth has a little crush, doesn't he? Well, they say if you love something, you should set it free. Why well, can't do that? You know that I can't. Well, do you know what happens when you put a great white shark in an aquarium? It bashes its brains against the glass every single time. And with that, Holly starts bashing her head against the cage. Her nose starts bleeding. It's possibly broken. Her teeth are bleeding. And she falls back. She literally banged her head with so much force that her body flew back in the cage. Seth is begging her to stop. And she says, well, what are you going to do when you get down here tomorrow and I'm belly up in this cage and you can't just leave me here, not with your fingerprints all over the place. I'll kill myself. And your life ends there too. So how's that for the boundaries of our fucking relationship? And it's clear that she's getting to Seth because he rushes to turn off the lights and leaves the room. He sits with the dogs on the floor, fidgeting, and his boss calls him to the office. Seth, where have you been? You've been scheduled for the past two days, but you haven't been working. The kennels are filthy. There's bugs in the stock room. There's... Nate says you're barely here. Where are you? This is going to be your first and your last notice. One more strike and you're gone, okay? So now Seth is really losing his mind because, I mean, Holly is literally in his workplace. He can't show Holly that. It almost becomes this mind game of these two to see who's really in control, who's going to take it a step further. Between Seth and, and Holly. Holly. So Seth brings Holly just two chocolate bars for her meal the next day. What the hell? 
Where's the rest? The rest? Holly, that's all. This is what happens when you think you're in charge. You want to be in charge? Well, you should feel what a hunger strike is then. And as Seth is about to leave, Holly says, I had a dream last night, and you were in it. It's just the two of us in a house down by the water. And I, I think that we had been living there a long time because there was um, pictures of us on the walls. And it was weird looking at them because it just, it felt right. The whole world, the house, the lake, it all felt like a reality. And it felt like that's how things are supposed to be. It just felt right. Okay, really now? Now, Seth is about to walk away, but I guess he's just a weak little bitch because he says, let me get you some snacks from the vending machine. Oh my god, he is so easy. So Seth walks out of the unauthorized personnel only room and he doesn't lock it behind him. He walks to the vending machine and he has no idea that Nate was waiting around the corner, waiting for him to come out so that he could see what the hell Seth was doing. Remember, Nate is the one that reported him to the boss for not being around. Mm. He was getting suspicious. So he uses his flashlight to peer into the room and he slowly opens it because it's unlocked. He starts walking around in the dark and he sees an opening for an underground bunker. It's like one of those doors on the ground. And he lifts it up and he starts walking through the labyrinth. He makes it to where Holly is and he opens that door and he sees Holly in her underwear in a cage. What the f is this? Holy shit. Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Holly's calm. What's, what's your name? Okay, Nate, you need to turn on the lights on the side right there and grab something to break open the locks. Hurry, we don't have much time. Holy shit, holy shit, did Seth do this to you? We don't have time, Nate. Grab the pipe, grab the big metal pipe and get through the locks. So Nate is sitting there just slamming down on the locks. Are you sure, are you sure we should, and I don't know, call someone, call the police? It's okay, just hurry. And in that moment, Holly looks to her left and she sees Seth walking in. Oh my god. And she decides in that split moment to look at Seth and motion for Nate. As in, she's telling Seth to kill Nate. What? And she grabs Nate's hands through the cage and says, Nate, do you know what real love is? What? What are you saying? I just want to get you out of here. Do you know what it is? What true love is? Imagine that your love is sick. And someone's coming to pull the plug on her, to take her away from you forever. What would you do? I don't know. I just want to get you out of here. You would do anything to stop that from happening. Anything at all, no matter what the cost, because that's what love is, right? Love is sacrifice. So she's kind of talking to Seth in this moment, saying that she's the one that's sick and she needs to heal, but Nate is here trying to unplug her, get her out before she can heal and be with Seth, the love of her life. She's really smart because if she had sided with Nate in that moment, one of them could have died, it could have been Nate, or both of them could have died and she would have literally been stranded there. And Seth bangs Nate on the head with a flashlight. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you, Nate is a big man, so this flashlight is like a bonk on his head. And he turns around and he's like, did you just fucking bonk me on the head? And Seth has no arm muscles, like none. Nate slams Seth up against the wall and Seth grabs his small little scissors and starts stabbing Nate. And again, they're tiny little scissors and Nate just says, what the fuck, are you stabbing me right now? 
Nate is so confused. So Seth slips away from Nate's grasp and runs to the other side of the room. And Nate is running after him, but Holly sticks out her foot, trips Nate, and he slams onto the ground and hits his head. He's still moving, but he's, he's kind of down for a second. Hurry, Seth. Grab a cylinder block. Grab the, grab the brick over there. You have to kill him. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. I can't do that. You have to. I can't lose you, Seth, please. And Nate starts screaming, and Seth grabs the block, and he slams it down on Nate's head. Come on, do it again. And Seth grabs it and slams it down one more time, and the whole time he's, he's freaking out. He's saying, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Seth, Seth, you have to listen to me. Do it one more time. And he does. Now, you listen to me, and everything's going to be good. Step one is disposing of the body. The sooner, the better. Burn it, bury it, sink it. Do whatever you have to do to get it out of here. But first, you have to get rid of the tattoos. Anything that identifies him. Fingerprints are easy. You just have to chop off the fingers. Same with the teeth. Those you scatter in various dumpsters, in bodies of water, everywhere. It doesn't matter, just not all in the same place. And then, there's just a body to worry about. I need to incinerate him. There's an incinerator here. Well, not like that. So Seth takes off his clothes, and as Holly watches with amusement and curiosity, and honestly, like, love in her eyes, she's, she's face up to the bars just peering at everything that Seth is doing. Seth starts dis dismembering Nate with the body parts. Whoa. He starts feeding the fleshy, non-bone parts to the dogs, <gasps> and the rest of the bigger body parts he puts into the smaller incinerator. So this is not an incinerator where you can typically burn a human. Those are different types of incinerators that you need a license for. You're mainly like stuffing um, a balled up dog in there. Oh, man. <sighs> Meanwhile, Holly sticks out her hand to feel the blood on her hands, and it feels so good. This is like her one joy in life, and now she can have it. Maybe she wasn't even missing her life on the outside. Maybe she didn't care for freedom. Maybe she didn't care for showers or good food. Maybe all she cared about was killing and blood. Okay, Seth, do you want me to help you practice what to say? And he goes upstairs and he says, Hey, Mrs. Gundy, I'm calling from the shelter. This is Seth. Nate asked me to watch the front for him, and he just had a quick errand to run. But he's still not back yet. I'm not really sure what to do. Oh, okay, well, have a good night. Sorry about that. Seth goes to dispose of the fingers and the teeth, and he comes back to clean the blood off the walls. And Ollie's saying, how do you feel? I don't know. I feel like I'm disconnected from my own body. It doesn't feel good. Well, the first time is always the worst. How many times do I have to say, Holly, that this, this is no first time? This was an accident, I told you. You know what always got me? The questions. I remember in the beginning, all I could think about was... Well, what if she has a pet? And what if that poor little doggie is just sitting by the door, waiting for her owner to come home? But all that goes away. The more that you think about it, the more you realize you just want to think about the parts that you liked, how it made you feel, like how you were in control of your life for the very first time, that nothing can ever hurt you. But sooner or later, the problem is, everything goes back to normal. You're just you again. You're nothing special. Please just stop. Please, Holly. And that's when you have to wonder, how far will you go to get that feeling back, to feel special? Just, just stop, Holly. There's no shame in accepting what you are, Seth. Holly, I did it to keep us safe. I had no choice. Don't you wonder at all, all the girls in the world, but you get a hard-on for me? You don't think that's a coincidence? 
You and me were born to do this. You don't know a goddamn thing about me, Holly. I wasn't born to do this. I know that a normal person finds a murder confession and goes to the police, not to PetSmart. Yeah, you're right, Holly. Excuse me, officer, you see that girl over there? Oh, she's actually Hannibal Lecter. How do I know? Oh, I broke into her apartment and stole her shit and I've been stalking her. So what, Seth, plan B is kidnapping me? Because the alternative is sitting there and watching you hurt somebody else. Ah, well, good thing no one else got hurt. I told you what happened to Nate was an accident. Face it, Seth, this was never about saving lives. You like this. You like having this kind of power of deciding who lives and who dies. You're not that much different from me. Holly, it's not too late. I can still save you, please. Maybe you're not supposed to save me. Maybe I'm supposed to save you. And Holly grabs Seth's hands through the cage door and she rubs her face all over it like you would rub a Thanksgiving turkey with butter. It was just a lot. <laughs> and then she aggressively moves his hands towards her private parts. <gasps> I'm like, not gonna lie, she hasn't been washing like days and weeks. It's just, wow. And she's all like, Seth, I'm cold. Make me warm. And like, it's clear what she's trying to do here. But Seth rejects her and she falls back and she says, I thought you loved me. I, I do, of course I do. But not like this. I'll come back soon and we can talk then. And Seth heads back upstairs and runs into his boss. Oh, Seth, this is um, Detective Mira. He's going over Nate's things. The detective says, Seth, can I have a moment with you? Sure, sure. So they sit in the office. So when was the last time you saw Nate? Oh, uh, Wednesday evening, I think. He asked me to watch the front while he ran some errands. What kind of errands? You didn't say. What time? Mm, nine, ten, something like that. And he left through the front. Yeah. Well, the front door records every instance in or out. Now, you want to guess the last time someone opened the front door? 4 a.m. But you said that he left at 10. That doesn't make sense. Weird, don't you think? <laughs> Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. He could have left through the side door or the loading docks. Ah, the loading docks. Sure, I should check that out. Were you and Nate friends? I mean, we we just work together. That's kind of it. I wouldn't I wouldn't call us friends. <laughs> so you guys hated each other because he was trying to get you fired, right? No, no, that's not that's not what was happening. We were friends. Oh, so you guys were friends now, <laughs> or you were friends? That's the second time that you've used it past tense. You know what they say. First time's confusion, second time's confession. <laughs> What's going on here? What are you trying to do here? So you were asked to cover for him and he had errands? Yeah, he got some sort of phone call and he had to leave. Well, that's funny because the first thing that we did was check his phone records and the last time that he called anyone or got a call was 5.32 that afternoon from his girlfriend. So Seth leaves the interrogation, shaking in his boots, and he becomes even more unhinged than before. He gets to work the next day, and he sees Detective Mira going through security cameras. Meanwhile, Holly won't eat anything. She's still upset from this rejection, and he's begging her, Holly, please. Please, Holly, don't do this. I know what you're doing, and it's just, it's not going to work. Just talk to me. It's over, Seth, because if you can't help me, then no one can. It's over. Just tell me what you need. You know what I need? You put me in a box. That's not love, Seth. That's ownership. You don't give me anything. All you do is take. Well, I, can't, I can't let you out. You know that. I didn't ask you to. Then what do you want? 
Proof that you love me too? I want a finger. I'm sorry, what? You want a finger? My finger? You want my finger? No. <laughs> that is, this is so fucked. Like, can't you see that? Like, this is so fucked. I'm trying to save you here, and you're asking me to chop off my finger and give it to you? I'm trying to let you save me. I just, I need to know that you love me. You, you can't ask me for that, and, I, and I'm not going to do it. I used to think when I was young that I was the only one. That if anyone ever found out that they would all run the other way. And so you learn to blend in and fake it. But after a while, you don't even notice how lonely you are. But then someone comes along. Someone like you. And even if he doesn't know it, and all of a sudden you start thinking and wondering, maybe it doesn't have to be like this. Maybe I don't have to be alone. And so you let go of that rope. Because this person, he's not going to let you fall. He's going to catch you, and you know it. At least that's what you keep telling yourself. Meanwhile, you're falling all the way down. Holly has tears streaming down her face at this point, and Seth is moved. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. But what can he do? He can't lose a finger. So he gets up and leaves and he's, she says, don't come back. Fall I am to you is just a pet, don't come back for me. And the words, don't come back for me, are ringing in Seth's mind. And he goes back to Holly with a knife. He, he gets on all fours near the cage, face to face with her. If I do this for you, you'll believe me? Seth, you want me, and there's nothing more right than that. Seth breathes, and he starts cutting his own finger off. What? Right in front of Holly, and she's getting off on the blood. But he has to cut through it. The blade is not sharp, and he's screaming. He's crying. The pain in his finger. Finally, it's detached, and he drops the knife down, and he's shaking, looking at his hand. And that's when Holly reaches over through the cage bars, grabs the knife, and puts it towards her neck. Open the fucking door. What are you doing, Holly? I did this for you. Open the fucking door. How much more are you ready to lose? Are you ready to lose me? Because I'll do it. And with that, Seth scrambles over with his four-fingered hand. And blood is getting everywhere, and he starts opening the lock. Holly still has an Back up! Back up! And she gets up out of the cage. And her legs are weak because she can barely stand. I mean, she hadn't been able to stand for weeks or months. And she walks up to Seth, slams him up against the wall, and whispers, I believe you. You saved me, Seth. I love you. She starts making out with him. But you know what that means. And she slits his throat. <gasps> and with that, she leaves. And we see her getting back together with Eric, having sex with him, talking about how her story is getting published. And, you know, he's not that excited about her. He's honestly a chat. He's a douchebag. And it seems like maybe Holly has changed. Maybe she is no longer a serial killer. But while Eric is watching TV, his phone rings. And he says, hey, babe, can you grab me my phone? She looks over at the phone and sees an email notification. Of course she's going to open it. And guess what? Eric is talking to another girl. She puts down the phone and she sees the knife on the table. She walks up behind Eric, eyes him. Here you go. And hands him his phone. 
Wow, she really is a changed woman. She heads off to work that day to a warehouse called Dalton Storage Warehouse, and she's got this big brown bag of lunch, supplies, who knows. Now, you know where this is going, because she pulls the blanket off, crouches down in front of a cage. Hi, I had another bad day with Eric today. I wanted to hurt him, and we see a hand grab the bar, and it's missing a finger. I wanted to hurt him because he's messing around with other girls. But then I thought of you, and how much you love me, and everything you've been doing for me, and I felt better. And we see the camera pan to Seth, and his eyes, his whole eyes, are milky white. Acid has been poured on his eyes. He can't talk. His whole face is swollen and bruised. Instead of killing people, she's been torturing him. Nearly to death, but not to death, because that would mean she hasn't changed. And she can't have that now, can she? And that's why the movie is called Pet. Because at the end, regardless of what Holly is doing, with or without Eric, Seth is always there for her, providing unconditional love, regardless of her abuse towards him. Oh, he's, he, lo- he still loves her. He still <gasps> loves her. Zane. Like a pet. Oh my god. But you want to know what's even more terrifying? Well, this is probably how abused pets are, and that makes me really sad. Because they offer unconditional love to their owners, regardless of what their owners are doing to them. And that makes me literally want to die. But also, there was a film review, and I just wanted to say the film review, okay? It said, and I quote, The idea of a woman in a cage is erotic to me. Driving to the theater, I could feel biological impulses in anticipation. (sighs) So... I don't know what's scarier, the movie or that people like that were watching the movie. I don't know. This is the movie called Pet, and I just want to say, <laughs> who the f- wrote the dialogue? I just want to say the whole concept of this movie was fantastic. The dialogue was ass. I think my niece upstairs that you heard crying for like an hour straight during this entire episode, she could have written better dialogue. And her entire vocabulary right now is crackers, rough rough, quack quack, Moo Moo, and that's it. And mom and dad, okay? Oh, and she recently learned how to go, uh-oh. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's her freaking, oh, did you know she does this now? Shh. Yeah. I guess they teach her at daycare. So I was on the phone with my sister the other day, and she goes, shh. And I was like, bitch, <laughs> you don't even, I'm going to put you in a cage. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But um, the dialogue was butthole. The whole thing was kind of bad. I think that the actors and actresses, they worked with what they were given. There was some suspense. I wish that it had been more claustrophobic. I'm a very anxious person, and I don't know why I love these claustrophobic movies, but for someone that's locked in a cage, the whole thing didn't feel as... Like, I wanted to feel that the walls are coming in, and I'm starting to feel like, oh my god, oh my god, the space is getting smaller. I wanted to kind of feel that throughout the movie, and I didn't get that. I would say it's definitely... Maybe if you're on a little date and you guys throw this on TV and you can pretend to be scared and like hug your date, it's a good one, but you're not actually going to be scared. Because if they leave and you're home alone, you're going to go back to life as normal. It's not that creepy. Okay, he said this was my best one yet. See, I halved the recipe because I was nervous and last time I'd made way too much cake and I didn't end up finishing it all. So I tried to be a little bit more conservative. Wow, it cuts... So fun and smooth. Okay, let's just try a bite before I cut it all. 
Here you go, babe. How is it? Mm, is yes. it good? I love just sugar. Very sweet. Like crazy sweet. Wow. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old. Okay. Okay. It's so good. That's a lot of sugar. Oh my god. Jeez. Okay. Not a fan. Even for me, it's a lot of sugar. Kids eat this? Kids like this? Yeah. You know that um, feeling? I just got that in my tooth. Maybe I am getting old after the second bite where your teeth hurts from all the sugar. Oh, that's not good. So um, <laughs> don't make this unless you, you really have no chance of diabetes or something, okay? <laughs> this is not good. I hope you guys enjoyed today's video. Let me know in the comments and I will see you guys on the next episode on Mondays. <laughs>